Story Hour Audio Adventures presents Hubert and Elizabeth Chapter 2 Magical Mayhem Elizabeth smiled as she plummeted through the sky. Arms and legs held wide like a kite in a futile attempt to slow her fall, Elizabeth dropped towards the clouds littered beneath her. The rushing wind tore at her eyes, and Elizabeth blinked furiously, clearing the tears away. She didn't want to miss a thing. One particularly fluffy cloud loomed higher than its companions, looking like a soft goose down pillow. Elizabeth discovered she could control her fall somewhat by twisting her body. She tucked one arm in close to her side and rolled over several times until she faced the downy pillar. Elizabeth imagined she could hear a muffled woof as she dropped into the cloud. For a moment, Elizabeth couldn't see anything but white fog. Aside from the tearing wind, there was no sensation of movement, only a weightlessness floating serenely in a thick mist. She opened her mouth and tried to gulp in bits of cloud, but the thick mist proved elusive. Without a warning, she burst through the cloud and once more into the sunshine. Elizabeth gasped. Laid out in miniature before her was a whole series of mountain ranges, stretching out beyond the distant horizons. The golden light of the rising sun shone in places and people so distant she could never hope to visit them all. The tallest mountain, a volcano bubbling with molten lava at its summit, stretched up toward her as she fell. Blurred green bunches resolved into individual trees as she plunged down towards the mountains. In moments she'd be among the rocky peaks. Elizabeth glanced around and spotted a dark shape, featureless and blindingly fast, approaching from overhead. Within seconds the shape was past her and then slowing slightly, moved smoothly beneath her. The dark torpedo slowed its descent, carefully matching Elizabeth's breakneck speed. Deftly, the shape narrowed the distance between them. Past now the mountain peaks and racing near to an untimely end among the jagged rocks, Elizabeth reached out and grabbed hold of the dark shape floating before her. Elizabeth had just settled into a comfortable position on its back when she was pressed down hard as the dragon's huge wings unfolded, slowing their descent and sweeping them up and away from the craggy rocks below. As the dragon soared up and over the ragged peaks, Elizabeth leaned against the dragon's neck and squeezed hard. She was shivering uncontrollably and reveled in the steady warmth from the dragon's thick scales. Did you see me, Hubert? Did you see me fly? I saw you fall. When I said you would love the feeling of flying over the mountains, I didn't mean you should just jump off me and actually try it. You really scared me. What if I couldn't catch you? I trust you. I know you wouldn't let me fall. It was amazing. I could see halfway around the world. I tasted a cloud. Really? What did it taste like? Whipped cream. Really? (laughs) Oh, Oh, very funny. The doomed forest covered the area surrounding the massive volcano like a thick, verdant quilt. Very little of the rocky foothills or rolling plains leading to the mountain could be seen through the dense foliage. It was a surprise then for Hubert and Elizabeth to see a large, empty meadow in the middle of the forest. Filled with grasses and wild flowers, it appeared as though the trees had simply lifted their skirts and walked out of the way, leaving an open area devoid of trees. In the middle of the clearing, in the direct center of the meadow, sat a small house, though perhaps shack would be a better description, as it looked barely large enough to hold a single occupant. The hovel leaned to one side as though battling a constant wind. 
Many of the blue-black tiles on the roof were missing, leaving holes large enough to leave the inside of the shack thoroughly soaked when it rained. Weathered nails leaked rust-colored stains onto the wood walls. The door to the hut was ajar, resting uneasily on a single hinge. Beside the dilapidated shack, tending an immaculate garden flush with flowers, sat a middle-aged man. Athletic and handsome, he was dressed in a white cotton shirt and pants, stained into a riot of patchwork colors. Hubert circled over the open meadow as they watched the man tend his garden. Are you sure this is the right place? It do he doesn't look like a wizard. I think so. No one else lives in this forest. Well, you'd think a powerful wizard could afford a nicer house. Hubert descended slowly until he dropped softly onto the grassy terrain near the shack. By the time Elizabeth had slid from her dragon friend and dropped to the ground, the man had left his garden and walked towards him, a long wooden staff in his hand. Good afternoon, my friends. It's not every day I have a dragon come to visit. We are looking for a wizard who is said to live in this area. Are you a wizard? Yes, my dear, I am a wizard. My name is Merlin. I'm curious as to how a girl such as yourself comes to be riding such a magnificent beast as this. Elizabeth reached into her pocket and fingered the dragon scale Hubert had given her last week. Only by possessing the scale could she understand the growls and snarls that formed the dragon language. It was hard to believe that she had only met Hubert a short time ago. When she had rescued him from a poacher's trap, she had never suspected she would find in him a friend that suited her so perfectly. Despite the short time she had known the dragon, she already couldn't imagine her life without the scaly behemoth at her side. My name is Elizabeth, and this is my friend Hubert. We were hoping you could help us. Really? Oh, fascinating. I'd be happy to help. Come on into my home. We'll... we'll have tea. Merlin turned and strode towards his ramshackle house. Elizabeth and Hubert exchanged glances. The shack looked as though it was about to fall over and was certainly not big enough to hold Hubert, but Merlin didn't even falter as he walked through the sagging doorframe. Come on, come on, don't be shy. Elizabeth shrugged and followed the wizard into the house. As she crossed the threshold of the decrepit entranceway, she stopped, amazed. Despite the dismal appearance of the shack from the outside, from within, the dragon's house looked like a mansion. Much bigger on the inside than the outside, the massive entrance would have dwarfed any royal palace hall. Immense towering pillars along the wall supported an ornate ceiling high above decorated in gold leaf and paintings of fairies and other magical creatures. A large fountain in the middle of the hall sprayed delicate ribbons of water in complex patterns all the way to the ceiling. At the far end of the entrance hall, Elizabeth could see a gently curving staircase of marble that led out of sight to a second floor. Elizabeth turned to call Hubert, but saw that he was already pushing through the wooden door of the shack. The door frame seemed to shift and stretch like rubber around Hubert's bulk, allowing him to enter the house. Once inside, Hubert gazed around the gargantuan hall. Wow, now this is more like it. Merlin turned and smiled from midway up the hall. A bit nicer on the inside, eh? I decorated it myself. I find it wise to keep a low profile to those on the outside. Hubert and Elizabeth followed the wizard through the gilded halls until they arrived at a dining hall large enough to seat hundreds of diners. An ornate table sat in the center, beautiful scenes depicting long-past battles among magical creatures carved into the wood. He leaned back on the elegant chair and beamed at the two visitors. Oh, this is so exciting. I've always wanted to try out my dragon speech. <clears throat> Arar, 
Arar, rari, rar, rar. Uh, what the heck is that? Yes, yes, I do speak dragon. I simply welcomed him to my humble home. Uh, no he didn't. He said arar, 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 rar, rar. It doesn't mean anything at all. I don't know how you've managed to communicate with the dragon up till now. Perhaps some form of rudimentary sign language. But now, with my help, we can find out what your dragon friend wants. The dragon merely replied how impressed he is with my small abode here, and it's honored to be in the presence of such a distinguished wizard. Uh, this guy is absolutely nuts. Elizabeth suppressed a temptation to laugh and merely nodded appreciatively to Merlin not trusting herself to open her mouth. Merlin leaned back on his chair again, looking satisfied. So, my friends, what can I do for you today? Well, ever since I was born, I've been unable to blow fire or roar like all the other dragons. I've tried everything I can think of to fix the problem, but nothing seems to work. When I met Elizabeth here, she suggested that a powerful wizard like yourself might be able to help me. Of course, of course. Young miss, he's asking for the famed secrets of the alchemists, to turn ordinary iron into gold. As you know, dragons love gold, so he's asking for a way to come across some gold without stealing it from humans. Very commendable, my young dragon, but I'm afraid I cannot help you. I think he wants to know why he can't breathe fire like the other dragons. Huh? Uh, what? Can't, can't breathe fire? Hmm. How unusual. I've heard something about that before. Hmm. Interesting. I'm afraid my memory is not what it used to be. I'm not really a dragon expert, you see. I know. You might find that surprising, seeing as how well-versed I am in dragon speak. There is one person you might know of such a thing, but you don't want to deal with her. No. No. <clears throat> well, I'm afraid I can't really help you. As I said, dragons are not my specialty. Perhaps there's something else I can do for you. I am exceptionally good at trees, you know. I have a real knack for growing things, really. Much more interesting than turning things into gold, my young friend. Must not be greedy. With that, Merlin ushered them out through the enormous entrance hall and out to the door of the mansion. He escorted them through his manicured garden. You are really most welcome to come back and visit any time. I don't get a lot of visitors out here in the doomed forest. Elizabeth was about to reply when the wizard looked to the sky, his eyes narrowing with suspicion. A ball of brilliant sapphire light soared up over the tall treetops of the doomed forest and accelerated towards the wizard. Look out! Merlin pushed Elizabeth hard and she fell to the ground. Hubert spun and jumped away from the house into the surrounding meadow with surprising agility. The wizard dove over his rhododendrons and rolled beneath the hedges. The brilliant glow missed the wizard by inches and splattered on the ground, sending what looked like brightly colored glowing paint onto the garden. Those plants contacted by the strange substance all lay down flat to the ground as if each had suddenly grown wary and fallen asleep. Merlin jumped to his feet. Curse you, you demented hag! Leave me alone! Merlin picked up his staff and held it aloft. The trees surrounding the meadow creaked and groaned as they all bent inwards towards the wizard. The plants in the garden, every blade of grass and flower in the meadow strained toward him, as though the wizard were pulling something from deep within the plants themselves. With a yell, he thrust the staff into the air, and an intense globe of emerald light shot forth and blazed across the sky in the direction from which the first globe had appeared. The grass and flowers in the meadow relaxed and straightened, and with a sigh, the trees swayed upright again. 
Merlin dropped his staff and rushed over to help Elizabeth up. Crazy old woman! I'm, I'm really sorry about that. I'm afraid this happens quite regularly. What was that? Merlin glanced over at his plants laying prone on the ground. That was a spell. It looks like a sleeping spell, crazy old hag. One day, I'm minding my own business and suddenly I find this strange witch in my house. Imagine that! Just appears out of nowhere. I asked her to leave, of course, none too kindly. You can't just appear in someone's house uninvited. For a while after that, she would drop by every few days and try to zap me with some kind of spell or other. I told her in no uncertain terms she was not welcome here. Now she just lobs spells at me from time to time from her home up in the mountains. Good thing she's a lousy throw. Her last spell tried to turn me into a ladybug. Now don't go looking for her. I'm sure there are many other dragon experts out there. She is far too far gone to get any sensible information out of her. This witch is a dragon expert? That's what I've heard. It's too bad Esmeralda's insane, or you might have found some answers with her. You'll just have to try elsewhere. Well, my dragon friend, roar, 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 roar. Oh, brother, can we get out of here? Thank you, sir, for all your help. Goodbye. Elizabeth clambered onto Hubert's outstretched wing and seated herself on his back. Once settled, Hubert dug his long claws into the dirt and pushed hard to leap straight up into the air. Hubert stretched out his mighty wings and soared up over the trees and away from the wizard's dilapidated hovel. Well, he wasn't very helpful. I don't know who else we can talk to. He was the only wizard I've ever heard of. Well, do we go find this witch? If she can help me, it might be worth the risk. I don't know. If she's as crazy as Merlin says, it might be dangerous. Don't worry, we can handle it. Trust me. They discovered it was much more difficult to find the witch's home than they first supposed. They spent a fruitless hour flying over the mountain ranges towering above the doomed forest. We'll never find a witch's house through all these trees. A witch would live in a stump of a tree or a cave or something. They don't live in houses. Yes, they do. They always live in houses made of candy and licorice. That makes no sense. What do you do when it rains? The whole house would melt. The house would be nothing but a puddle of sugar and melted chocolate. Well, it's magical candy, isn't it? I mean, she's a witch, isn't she? They can use magic to make... Out of nowhere, a blazing globe of light burst from the trees below and splattered wetly against Hubert's belly. Hubert's wings went slack as the dragon instantly fell asleep. Elizabeth screamed as they tumbled through the air before crashing into the side of the mountain. When Elizabeth awoke, she was laying on hard rock. She ached all over. She had been very lucky, she supposed. She didn't seem to have broken anything. Even asleep, Hubert must have cushioned her somewhat from the collision with the mountain. Carefully, she opened her eyes and looked around. She seemed to be in some kind of cavern. Spaced every few meters, floating globes of light cast a sickly green glow throughout the cavern. While the ceiling remained at a claustrophobic three-meter height, the space itself was enormous, the wall opposite curving away from Elizabeth and out of sight beyond a shallow underground lake. Elizabeth became aware of a low, snuffling noise. She turned to find Hubert slumbering peacefully, his long neck bent around to rest on his hind feet. He chewed gently on one clawed toe as he slept. 
A thin glowing string emerged from the cavern wall to circle the area in which Elizabeth and Hubert sat. Elizabeth tentatively stretched her hand over the string, but the air above the glowing thread seemed thick and sticky, and her hand would not penetrate its perimeter. Elizabeth shook her hand to remove the feeling of syrupy air stuck to her fingers and returned to the dragon's side. Panic was beginning to nibble at Elizabeth. Who had captured them, and why? She was about to poke Hubert to wake him up when she heard a rustle of clothing. She turned and spied a shadowy figure stooped over a bubbling cauldron, balanced on a small but energetic blue fire. The figure stirred the cauldron, pausing to sniff its contents from time to time. Apparently unsatisfied, the shadow walked to the edge of the underground lake and without pausing, waded into the murky waters. The figure bent and began filling a small vial. From the center of the underground lake, small ripples in the water made a trail leading directly to the stooped figure. A large-headed creature like a hairy octopus rose from the dark water and placed a tentacle around the figure's waist. Rather than struggle with the monster, the shadow simply bent and lightly patted the tentacle. The large head, covered in soaking long matted fur, bounced up and down in a strange parody of a little puppy, released the figure, and then sank back into the inky water until only the eyeballs remained above the surface. Having filled the vial, the silhouette waded back out of the water and returned to the bubbling cauldron, now steaming a light pink mist. Who... who are you? The figure turned and walked from the shadows toward Elizabeth. It stopped at the edge of the glowing circle and smiled. Welcome, my child. I am pleased that you are unharmed. It was not my intention to injure you or this wonderful dragon. My name is Esmeralda. Elizabeth was confused. Esmeralda did not look like the witch described to her by Merlin. Elizabeth had expected matted green hair and a long warty nose. The woman before her had a round, plain face that might have once been pleasant but has aged harshly. Her face was etched with deep lines, made more prominent on her dull, pallid skin by the dark and gloomy lighting. What has happened to Hugh the dragon? Did you use a spell on him? When will he wake up? Do not fear, my child. No harm will befall you. I simply need something from your dragon friend here. I have waited a long time for this opportunity. A long, long time. Behind Elizabeth, Hubert groaned and lifted his head, looking around. He rose on shaky legs and lurched to where Elizabeth stood. What's, what's going on? Where are we? My young dragon friend, I am Esmeralda, and I am honored by your presence here. I have waited a long time to meet one of your kind. Hubert pushed against the invisible barrier surrounding them, testing his strength. Oh no, I've been captured again! Why can't you people just leave me alone? Are you going to sell me to a circus or something? I have no interest in selling you to a circus or anyone else. When I have what I need, I will be happy to let you both go free. Elizabeth and Hubert exchanged glances. Esmeralda could understand dragon speak. After Merlin's disastrous attempt at understanding Hubert's growls and snarls, they had assumed that no one could understand a dragon without holding one of their scales. Well, what do you want from me? A trifling, really. I need a piece of your wing. What? It's nothing, really. He won't even feel it. It would be like cutting your hair or your fingernails. It doesn't hurt at all. Dragon wings are amazingly resistant to magic, you see. I need that sort of resilience for my potion to work. But if you cut my wing, would I still be able to fly? Well, unfortunately, no. You will lose your ability to fly. But without a piece of wing, I will never be able to create my spell. You can't cut Hubert's wing! No spell is worth that! 
Wine is everything to a dragon. I, I wouldn't be able to get home. I can't reach my family's lair without flying. Well, I'm sorry you feel that way, but this is too important of an opportunity to miss. You would cripple Hubert for life for some stupid spell? How could that be more important than... You want a spell to attack Merlin, don't you? Esmeralda seems startled that she knew the wizard. You know of Merlin? Well, we know that you've been casting spells at him. You say you don't want to hurt anyone, but we've seen you attack Merlin. Why would you want to curse Merlin? He seems like such a nice wizard. Yeah, he helps people. He's a powerful wizard. He's a snappy dresser. He's a gardener. Not much of a decorator. He was very friendly. He is my husband! Elizabeth and Hubert stopped, startled, and gaped at the haggard old woman. Esmeralda slumped and walked slowly back to her cauldron. She stirred the contents for a moment, looking thoughtful. I am not a witch. Elizabeth glanced at Hubert. He shrugged and looked back at the woman, stirring the bubbling cauldron. I mean, being a witch was my job, not who I was. Both Merlin and I worked together creating spells and magic potions. People from all over the country would travel to our house to buy our magical services. They would pay anything, do anything, for one of our love spells or a potion to slow aging. Merlin and I were very much in demand in those days. We were married for 27 years and still very much in love. Merlin used to create these incredible bouquets of flowers. He's very talented with growing things, did you know? There is an energy within plants that he can control and direct. He would give me flowers that bloomed so brightly and in so many colors that the house looked like a living rainbow. So beautiful. Well, one day, a stranger came to the house. An unearthly creature beneath fetid robes. I never saw its face, but its voice rattled up. It offered an incredible amount of gold for me to create a potion, a particular noxious concoction. It wanted a spell that destroyed memory. Not all memory. It was very specific. It was meant to seek out and destroy only happy memories. Memories of love, of laughter, of childhood, leaving behind only memories of the mundane, of sorrow, of boredom. I didn't ask who the spell was for or why someone would want such a vile mixture. For three days I worked, barely sleeping at all, until finally I had this. Esmeralda lifted something from around her neck and held it up. It was a small pouch made of a kind of leather. Its mottled iridescence shone black in the light from the blue fire. The witch fumbled with the straps around the pouch, and when it opened, a fierce violet light spilled from the top of the pouch illuminating Esmeralda's worn face. She pulled from the pouch a long leather strap on which dangled a glowing crystal the size of her thumb. The crystal's glow pulsed like a living thing, deep purple with an almost palpable malevolence. The thing looked evil. The slightest touch will activate the spell. One tiny whispering brush of skin and they will be forever robbed of every happy memory. I realized only then what I had done. I had created a weapon. Tears sprang from Esmeralda's eyes as she remembered that fateful day. You look upset, my sweet. But what's wrong? I've completed my memory spell, but I don't... I don't think I should sell it. Oh, why not? You've worked hard on it, and it's come out beautifully. This spell could ruin lives. 
Why would the creature that commissioned this spell want to deprive someone of their happy memory? Who does he plan to threaten with it? Well, that's not really our business. Our job is to provide the spell, not govern how the spell is used. Well, maybe it should be our job. Our spells could hurt people. How many people have devoted their lives to an unworthy mate because they've been given our love potion? How many kingdoms right now are ruled by imposters that have bought a transformation spell from us? It is our responsibility as surely as if we had done the deed ourselves. Well, I, I'm not sure that that's really... Oh, it's here. We can discuss this later, my love. I come for my spell. I bring payment. Uh, I'm sorry. I've changed my mind. This crystal is too dangerous. This spell would ruin lives. We have a contract. We have an accord. You will abide by our agreement. I bring payment. No. I've changed my mind. I will not give you this crystal, payment or not. I have need of this spell. You will provide it or I will take it. I believe the lady has already given you your answer. You can just go now. I must have that crystal. Maybe I just take it. Hey, now look here. Stop it! Look out! I've got it. Don't worry. Oh! Ah, give it to me. No! Watch out! Don't don't touch the crystal! Merlin! Sweetheart! What have I done? You... You've ruined everything! Oh no! What have I done? Sweetheart! Can you hear me? Oh, please wake up! Wake up! What, what, what happened? Are you, are you all right? What, who, who are you? What are you doing in my house? Oh no. I'm sorry ma'am, but you cannot simply show up in someone's house uninvited. No, you don't understand, you are my- Ma'am, I don't care what you think you're doing, but if you do not vacate my home now, I will call the sheriff. But, but you don't understand, I'm Esmeralda, your wife. You are insane, ma'am. I have never been married, and I would certainly never marry a lunatic that shows up uninvited to my home. Be off with you now, you crackpot. I tried talking to him many times over the years, but he's convinced I'm some crazy old woman. Eventually, I just started lobbing spells at him from here hoping I could find some way of reversing the curse and regaining his memory. I'd even resorted to throwing love spells at him, hoping he could fall in love with me again. It only convinced him further that I was some crazy old lady. I'd pretty much given up hope until I came across a reference to Dragonwing in one of my old spell books. I realized that the very thing that protects our dragon friend here might help neutralize the spell that had ruined my life. By using the magic of this crystal and a piece of dragon wing, I may be able to create an antidote that will return my husband's memories to him. I'm really sorry about your husband, but you can't cripple Hubert. You want to ruin his life to save your own? And Merlin's. Haven't we suffered enough? Haven't I paid enough 
for my mistakes. When do I get my life back? I won't let you do this. Well, you will have a hard time stopping me, little girl. I can simply spell you both to sleep. I need that piece of wing. Maybe I'll just take it. The magical circle in which you are imprisoned cannot be broken, so you might as well relax while I finish the preparations for the spell. Even your dragon fire cannot break this enchantment. Now, I have other things to attend to. I must finish my potion before it spoils. Esmeralda left the two prisoners and hurried down a narrow tunnel. It was several minutes before her echoing footsteps faded in the still air. Elizabeth turned to her friend. We have to get out of here. Oh yeah, but you heard her. We can't break the spell. How do we get out? We've got to try something. Hubert eyed the shimmering barrier appraisingly, looking for weak spots. Finally choosing a spot near the roof of the cavern, Hubert jumped and scraped at the barrier with his thick claws. He landed with a thud, shaking the ground. It feels all sticky. I I can't puncture it. Elizabeth was staring not at the enchanted barrier around them, but at the bubbling cauldron left undetended by the witch. Do that again! It doesn't work. The barrier won't move. No! Look at the cauldron! Hubert peered over at the magical pot. When you jump, the cauldron shook a little. If you really bang the floor, it might tip over. She'd have to start her spell over again. Hubert grinned and thumped his tail on the ground, shaking Elizabeth and the steaming cauldron. Keep going! It's working! Hubert thumped his tail on the ground again and then on the wall of the cavern. Rocks dislodged from their underground prison and fell, bouncing off the invisible barrier and rolling across the cavern. The cauldron, filled to the brim with a glowing concoction, shifted slightly, and a blob of potion splashed onto the ground. The potion hissed and bounced like a water drop on a hot skillet until it cooled and solidified into an obsidian blister. It's working! Do it again! Hubert smashed his heavy tail against the wall. This time, a boulder the size of a horse fell from the ceiling and crashed against the cauldron. The cauldron cracked and tipped over, spilling the steaming potion on the ground. The liquid oozed like a miniature lava flow from the upset cauldron onto the ground. There, it bumped and roiled like a severed tentacle until it finally touched the golden thread that circled the friends. At the moment of contact, the thread writhed like a snake and then dissolved into dust. There was an audible pop as the sticky shield disintegrated. The two friends grinned at each other. Follow me! Let's get out of here! Where? The only way out is through the tunnel, and that witch is down there. Okay, let's... This way! We'll hide in the water! She'll think we've escaped and she'll try to find us! We can follow her out of the cavern and outside. Come on! Uh, I'm not really much of a swimmer. You don't need to swim. You need to sink. We have to hide underwater so she can't see us. Elizabeth waded into the water and turned to her friend. Well, come on! Hubert tentatively stepped towards the water. Despite Hubert's hesitancy, many dragons are very comfortable in the water. Indeed, there are a variety of dragons that live almost exclusively beneath the seas, living among the whales and feeding on the giant squids deep below the surface. Hubert took a deep breath, preparing to slide into the water. He noticed then a trail of bubbles slowly making its way towards Elizabeth. A thrill of terror coursed through him, making his heart race. Look out! There's something in the water! Elizabeth turned around and spied the large shaggy octopus lift its matted head out of the water and stare at the two friends. Oh, he's okay. I saw him with Esmeralda. He's friendly. There's no way I'm going in there with that thing. Come on. Trust me. 
He's perfectly friendly. He's like a big puppy dog. A huge wet puppy dog with tentacles? No way! We're wasting time. I'm telling you, he's fine. Hubert stood, frozen in place. He didn't care what Elizabeth had said. It looked dangerous. How could Elizabeth know the creature was safe? He imagined lowering himself into the water, that long, matted tentacle wrapping around his neck, dragging him underwater. So, trying to escape, are we? Hubert and Elizabeth spun around. They'd been so busy arguing they failed to notice the witch's return. The dim globes of light illuminating the cavern cast angry shadows on Esmeralda's face as she surveyed her broken cauldron. You've ruined my spell! Do you know how long I've worked on this? Do you realize how close I was to restoring my husband's memories? The witch's long hair, matted into clumps, shifted and turned in a sudden breeze, like a nest of angry snakes. We're not going to let you cut Hubert's wing. You're not going to stop me. Hubert's stomach lurched. Again, he had let Elizabeth down. They might have escaped if he hadn't been too frightened to step in the water. He glanced guiltily at Elizabeth, still standing knee-deep in the dark water. She was watching Esmeralda, her face angry, red blotches coloring her cheeks. The shaggy monster in the water hadn't bothered her at all, just like she said. Hubert cursed to himself. He should have trusted her. She somehow knew the monster was harmless. Hubert turned back to the glowering witch. She was trying to right the overturned cauldron and save the last dregs of potion remaining. Hubert squeezed his eyes shut. He had to get them out of there. Hubert briefly considered simply eating the old lady, but he was pretty sure she was too large for his throat and probably tasted bitter besides. She likely had magical defenses as well. They would prevent Hubert from attacking her. If nothing else, he had to stay away from that horrible purple crystal. Hubert shuddered at the thought of losing all his happy memories. Would he forget Elizabeth and his family the same way Esmeralda had forgotten her husband? If only he could flame like the other dragons. Hubert opened his eyes again and glanced at the witch. She was still trying to salvage the few remaining drops of potion. She didn't know he couldn't breathe fire. Maybe they could just bluff their way out. All right, crazy lady. We are leaving now. You back away from the cauldron and let us pass or I'll fill this chamber with dragon fire. Elizabeth was startled for a moment and then caught on to the ruse. Yeah, he'll roast this whole place if you aren't careful. Back up and let us pass. Esmeralda looked suspiciously at the dragon, but backed away and made room for them to pass to the tunnel that led to the outside world. Hubert crept towards the tunnel, turning his body to keep his open mouth facing towards the scowling witch, while Elizabeth moved quickly behind him. I am very knowledgeable about dragons, you know. I have studied them for a long, long time. I know, for instance, that dragons love peanut butter. And I know that when a dragon is about to blow flame, a strong smell of sulfur can be detected. It's funny that I don't smell any sulfur. Maybe you don't really want to breathe fire at me. Any other dragon I've heard of would have filled this cavern with dragon fire the moment he escaped my magical prison. Oh, or maybe you can't breathe fire. Is that it? Interesting. I can help you, dragon. I have heard of dragons without fire. It's very rare, but maybe I can help you. Hubert paused, staring at the witch. Yes, yes. A little trade, perhaps. A piece of your wing for my help with your dragon fire? That's fair, isn't it? 
Wouldn't it be wonderful to flame like the other dragons? So, you, you could help me? Hubert! What are you doing? She wants to cut your wings. What's the point of having dragon fire if you can't fly? Hubert reluctantly continued to retreat up the tunnel. You just, just leave us alone. I'm truly sorry for all of this, but I can't leave you alone. I can't stop now. I've waited so long. I miss my husband. If you leave now, I will simply follow you and capture you again. I will not be denied. Hubert turned and ran up the tunnel after Elizabeth. As he bolted up the passageway, he slammed his tail against the wall, first one side, then the other. Large chunks of rock and dirt rained down behind him, filling the tunnel with debris. By the time he reached the entrance to the cave, the tunnel had completely filled with rock, making it impossible for Esmeralda to follow them. Hubert and Elizabeth stumbled into the warm light of a golden sunset on the side of the mountain. They stood for a moment on a steeply slanting meadow of short, tough grass and small boulders. Hubert stretched out his wings, enjoying the open space after being cramped up in the cavern. Here, jump on! Let's get out of here! Elizabeth was silent as she climbed up on Hubert's wing and settled herself on his back. Hubert trotted down the mountainside, gaining speed until he gently lifted off the ground and soared up beyond the doomed forest. As Hubert glided above the forest, the trees passing by in a mottled green blur, Hubert became aware of an uncomfortable silence. Elizabeth seemed unusually quiet. Are you okay back there? Sure. I'm fine. Hubert spied an open meadow on the edge of the forest and descended to land on the long wild grass in the center. As soon as he had landed and folded back his leathery wings, Elizabeth dropped to the ground. She stood silently, staring out towards the distant mountains. Uh, I'm sorry about that shaggy octopus in the cavern there. I thought it was going to attack us. Elizabeth turned to Hubert and smiled kindly. You're my friend, right? Hubert nodded. I know you are my friend because I believe, in my heart, that I can trust you. If some part of me didn't trust you, didn't believe what you told me, then I couldn't call you my friend. I would have never jumped off your back into a cloud if I didn't believe absolutely that you would catch me. I know you were scared back there in the cavern. I just hoped that you would have trusted me. That's what being a friend means. I trust you completely. I just hope you can trust me as much. I'm really sorry. It's okay, really. Someday you will have to trust me and I'll be there for you. Elizabeth gave Hubert's leg a hug and reached out to pat him on the shoulder. I don't think Esmeralda is going to give up this easily. She'll be back. We should go find Merlin. Maybe he can help us. Yeah, at least we can tell him that Esmeralda is his wife. That'll be a shock. I don't know. After all this time, I don't think he would believe us if we told him about Esmeralda. He'd think we're just as crazy as she is. Hubert lifted his head and stared into the depths of the forest. Tilting his head to one side, he listened intently. Something's coming. The two friends looked towards the forest. A deafening crash echoed from the mountains, frightening a group of nesting birds. They burst from their perches in the tall trees and circled, their cries calling an alarm to the other animals. From their higher vantage point, they must have been able to see something that Hubert and Elizabeth could not, for they suddenly swooped down and away from the rumbling mountain, abandoning their nests. The crashing sound continued, getting closer, 
Elizabeth knelt down and placed a hand on the ground. The earth trembled beneath her fingers. Is it an earthquake? I... I don't know. The trees surrounding the clearing were shaking fiercely now, leaves falling. A deer suddenly burst from the forest into the clearing and bounded towards and past them, her eyes wide with fright. Hubert looked down at his friend. His golden eyes were wide, but his brow was set in a determined manner. He was not going to let Elizabeth down this time. Stay behind me. A cluster of old-growth trees, massive and deeply rooted, suddenly lifted and toppled over as the ground beneath them heaved upwards in an explosion of dirt and rock. A tidal wave of dirt swept into the clearing, Esmeralda poised on top like some demented surfer. Arms crossed and her long cloak billowing behind her, Esmeralda rode the wave of earth until it subsided and deposited the witch in the center of the clearing. Fury had replaced her pleasant grandmotherly demeanor. Dust from the collapsed cavern matted her hair, and her clothes were now dirty and torn. She appeared now more like a witch than ever. Your little trick has destroyed my home! You didn't just fill in the tunnel, you collapsed the entire cavern! I'll have to start my spell all over again! Good! Now leave us alone! You clearly don't understand. I am not going to leave you alone. For 27 years I've had the perfect life and shared that life with someone I loved dearly. I will do whatever it takes to get that life back. Once I have found a new home, I will still require a dragon wing to complete my spell. It can be your wing or another dragon's. I don't care, but I will have it. Perhaps better to take it now. Esmeralda reached within the folds of her cloak and pulled out a small vial containing a shimmering blue liquid. She raised the vial in one hand, while the other formed a globe of sapphire light that hovered, crackling and spitting above her palm. The sizzling ball of energy burst from her hand and roared through the potion, instantly dissolving the vial and capturing the liquid within it. Rocketing upward into the air, the glow of the captured spell lit the clearing like a firework, but instead of exploding, the ball of light slowed, turned, and then barreled directly towards Hubert. Only his dragon quick reflexes prevented him from being splattered with Esmeralda's potion. The dragon spun sideways, his long tail a blur as he leaped away from the racing spell. The potion roared past and then turned and tore again at Hubert. This time, Hubert was not as fast, and the spell singed his tail before splattering wetly against the tree. The immense tree, as thick as Elizabeth was tall, burst into dust. It hung there for a moment, a tree-shaped cloud of wood powder, before an errant breeze scattered the dust into the forest. Only a ragged hole in the dirt remained of the decades-old cedar. Hubert looked at Esmeralda, an indignant expression on his leathery face. Whoa, 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 whoa! I thought you just wanted my wing! That spell would have destroyed me! Esmeralda, sweating now and panting slightly from the effort of casting the spell, smiled grimly and pulled another vial from her cloak. Your wings will withstand whatever magic I throw at you. Even if you are destroyed, your wings will still survive. You are crazy! You can't do this! I am tired of your shrill little voice. I don't actually need you here at all. Esmeralda held up a second vial. This one contained a red liquid that sloshed like blood in the crystal container. Let's get out of here! Get on my back! No! You can never avoid the spells when we're in the air! Elizabeth suddenly lifted her head and stared at Hubert, struck with a sudden inspiration. Wait! Your wings are immune to magic! Let the spell hit the wing and it won't hurt you. Are, are you crazy? Let the spell hit me? 
Did you see what that spell did to that tree? There is no way I'm going to sit here and get turned into dust. Please, Hubert, just trust me. Use your wings like shields. They'll protect us. Hubert's heart thudded painfully in his chest as he watched the crazy old lady prepare another spell. This one, Hubert was sure, was as deadly as the previous spell had been. A spark of anger flared beneath the panic. Why were they always picking on him? First the other dragons, then poachers, then this witch. Hubert was sure that if he were a complete dragon, with fire and a fearsome roar, none of this would be happening. He was as unprotected as a baby and there was nothing he could do to help. Slowly he backed away from Elizabeth. It's, it's not going to work. I'll be destroyed. Elsmeralda launched another globe into the air. This one colored a deep red by the potion. The ball of energy hung for a moment, high in the air, casting a red tinge on the clearing. This time, when the sphere began moving, it sped towards Elizabeth. Not possessing the strength and speed of a dragon, she could not hope to avoid the phosphorescent spell. Elizabeth ran. Hubert watched his friend run towards the trees. Everything seemed to slow as the deadly spell sped towards Elizabeth. Proper dragon or not, his friend needed him. He would not let her down again. Powerful muscles flexed and long claws carved gashes in the rock as Hubert leaped toward Elizabeth. His bat-like wings unfolded to their fullest extent, the leathery skin snapping open like a billowing sail. With a muffled crash, Hubert landed astride Elizabeth and knocked her down, covering her with his massive bulk. Hubert lifted his wings up and folded them back over his body, forming an umbrella above their heads. With a thunderclap, the spell splattered against his wings, painting it a violent red. Elizabeth looked up at her friend, both still huddled beneath the protective shield of Hubert's wings. I knew you could do it. I'm so proud of you. You, you can be proud later, if we survive this. What do we do now? Elizabeth was interrupted by a loud crack as another spell splattered against Hubert's wings. Elizabeth grinned. Have you ever played baseball? Esmeralda was beside herself with rage. Everything was falling apart. She had had it all planned out. The spell had been nearly completed. All she needed was a piece of dragon wing and she would be reunited with her husband. But that idiot dragon and the little brat. Fury flooded through her and she screamed as she unleashed another globe of energy. Never before had she cast so many spells at one time. It was very tiring, but her rage fueled the spells like never before, giving them strength beyond her normal measure. She hardly watched as she launched spell after spell towards the dragon. A booming crash behind her made her pause. She stopped her torrent of spell work and glanced around. A splatter of wet paint gleamed on the ground behind her, smoking slightly as the spell transformed the grass and flowers into worms. Surprised, Esmeralda looked back at the two troublemakers. They stood side by side, defiant in the clearing. Hubert towered above Elizabeth on his hind legs, wings unfolded and held up beside him. Esmeralda smiled. Unshielded by those precious wings, his body would make an easy target. Esmeralda reached into her cloak and pulled out her last remaining vial. It was not her best spell. This one would not destroy the pesky beast, merely hold it frozen and unable to move for a few minutes. Long enough to allow her to snip her piece of wing and get on with the business at hand. Too bad she didn't have any spells left for the little brat. Her anger at the child renewed her strength, and with a grunt she launched another globe of energy through the vial, taking the potion with it. Not wasting any time, the ball of energy sped directly towards Hubert. At the last moment, just before the spell impacted against the dragon's scaly hide, Hubert leaped nimbly to the side and caught the ball of energy on his wing. Esmeralda gaped as with a flick of his wing, Hubert flung the glowing spell directly back at the witch. 
Before she could flee, the burning spell spun directly toward her, hitting her squarely in the chest. Icy tendrils wrapped around her arms and legs holding her fast. A deep cold penetrated her body and froze her completely. Slowly, Esmeralda toppled over and crashed to the ground, immobile. Only her wide eye showed any sign of life. Yes! You did it! You got her! Okay, but now what? When she unfreezes, she'll just start all over again. She's never going to stop trying to capture us. Every day, all day, I'll just be waiting for her to capture me again. No, she won't bother you anymore. Elizabeth walked over to the insensate witch, and Hubert followed, curious. Elizabeth looked down at the once pleasant face, etched now by years of frustration and anger. She smiled sadly at the lady. Elizabeth reached into the witch's cloak and withdrew from it a leathery pouch, held safe by a thin cord. She pulled the drawstring loose and, careful not to touch it, withdrew the glowing violet crystal. Th that's the crystal that erased Merlin's memory. What are you doing? <sighs> Esmeralda wanted to return to her old, wonderful life with her husband. That wish has driven her mad. Maybe she would be happier if she didn't know she had once been happier. Maybe then she could just move on and make a new life for herself. Maybe she'll be better off for it. Elizabeth reached down, dangling the crystal over Esmeralda's face. The witch's eyes glistened as a tear dropped and rolled down her frozen face. I'm sorry. Elizabeth touched the crystal to Esmeralda's cheek. Instantly, the poisonous violet glow flowed out of the crystal and enveloped the witch. Wispy white tendrils of smoke materialized around the witch's head, swirling about her like ghosts. Elizabeth could hear faint echoes of laughter and shouts of joy that faded as memories were pulled into the crystal. When the glow had returned fully to the crystal, Elizabeth replaced it into the dragon wing pouch and tucked it into her pocket. Hubert and Elizabeth stood for a while, watching over the fallen woman. They were reluctant to break the silence. Esmeralda had lost so much and endured heartache for so long. Their reverie was broken by the noise of rustling bushes and creaking trees. They turned and watched as a group of old trees suddenly leaned away, leaving an open trail through the forest. Then, carried along by a wave of undulating grass and moss, Merlin rode into the clearing. The shrubbery deposited him in front of the two adventurers. He looked astonished at the prone Esmeralda. I saw all the spell work from my garden. What was happening? Was this mad old woman attacking you? No, it's okay. She just had an accident. Hmm, I'll say she has it that. Is she frozen? Esmeralda groaned and rolled over, trying to stand. Elizabeth helped the woman to her feet. Oh, where am I? What happened? You're okay now. You had an accident. Esmeralda looked at each of their faces in turn, staring at the dragon for a long moment before turning to Merlin. Do I know you? Of course you do, you daft old woman! You've been throwing spells at me for the last 20 years! Daft, am I? I I'm sure you deserved it, you rude man! I'm rude? I'm rude? I'm not the one who just suddenly appears in a person's house without being invited. I'm not the one who loves spells from behind a mountaintop! <gasps> you infuriating warlock! I'm no warlock, you insufferable hag. I'm a wizard. Elizabeth and Hubert slowly backed away, wary of the dangerous spells that may come hurling about at any moment. 
Quietly, so as not to attract attention, Elizabeth climbed onto Hubert's back, and the dragon leaped up and away from the magical adversaries, soaring high above the treetops and away from the clearing. They could still hear the two arguing as Hubert swept away from the doomed forest and up into the peak of the active volcano. Pausing for only a moment, Elizabeth cast a violet crystal that had caused so much trouble into the crater at the volcano's summit. The two friends watched as the crystal fell through the air into the bubbling cauldron of seething lava. Well, I guess I won't find out what Esmeralda knows about my fire breathing. Maybe someday, when she's calmed down a little. She might not remember it anymore. Her knowledge about dragons may have been one of her happy memories. Maybe. We just have to get the answer somewhere else. At least we know that it's happened before. Somewhere, someone knows what's happened to you. <sighs> we were so close. Well, I've learned one thing. Don't use magic to solve your problems. Yep. And apparently I like something called peanut butter? I've learned something too. What? You suck on your toes when you sleep. What? I do not. You do! I saw you in the cavern! No, I was sharpening my claws so I could uh, escape. Oh, okay. I wonder if I could find a big enough soother for you. Hey, I could just turn upside down and let you fall, you know. I know. And then you'd catch me. Written and read by Michael Taylor. Additional voices provided by Jackie Lazon, Natalie Swerda, Jen Sidlowski, and Monique Parker. This story and audio reading is protected by the Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 3.0 Unported License. This means that you are welcome to share this audio with others, but you cannot alter the audio nor use it for commercial purposes. Please subscribe to Story Hour Audio on iTunes or visit www.storyhouraudio.com for other exciting Story Hour adventures.